Talk about something with the news and politics so I can, I can use it. I'm just playing. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, I like you too much to turn you into a news story <laughs> or, or to be the reason you become a news story because I will cover it if it happens. <laughs> That's right. That's my straight and narrows. Don't make a fool of yourself to a point where Phil has to be like, all right, look, who, look who's dumb enough to be talked about today. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. I mean, it's good to know that somewhere rattling around in that old man brain of his, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a war criminal. We've been so focused on Trump the last six years, people forgot. Ah, Jesus. Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. You know, the first thing that we're gonna talk about today is this news and controversy that starts with two questions. Gambling, are you for it? Are you against it? And when it comes to streaming gambling and getting paid or sponsored to do so, are you for it? Are you against it? And the reason we're talking about this today is one of the biggest streamers in the world, XQC, recently started his gambling streams up after previously quitting them. With the three main things involved being, it's not just gambling streams, they are sponsored gambling streams, it involves crypto, and of course, he even admitted that he had a gambling problem in the past. With it resulting in responses like, it's pretty sad to see how far he's fallen, normalizing gambling like this is how people get addicted. With people saying that he's promoting gambling to children and young viewers, though I do want to stress, I don't know the demographic of his audience. And as far as XQC, he thinks that he is being unjustified focused on saying, you know, he faces backlash when other streamers do the same damn thing, but people don't question it. People are selectively uh, choosing and picking who they back up when if, if, if you're if your whole motive and whatever is behind morals and ethics, you can't pick and choose. And as far as why he brought these streams back, I think that I was like, dude, I love I love Gamba. I like Gamba. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna Gamba. And a story. Yeah, and XQC isn't the only big person in the gambling space, right? Of course, you have train wrecks, incredibly big in that space, making a ton of money doing it. Though you have some noting that he does warn his viewers to not gamble. And as far as my opinion on this, at least for the first part, I agree with Gold and Ludwig. You don't like it, get mad at the system. You can get mad at the people all you want, but just know that you're shouting into a void. It should be the platform. The platform is the one that should dictate what is okay and not okay, rather than hoping that thousands and thousands of people will all abide by loose guidelines that we all think people should abide by. With this also being a sensitive topic for Ludwig, who has revealed, you know, he was a gambling addict himself, that several years ago he was down to his last $100 and he decided to gamble that money away too. And adding that he's not really even worried about kids seeing this content, but rather gambling addicts. The people who know in their head that it is rigged, that this is mathematically meant to made me lose, but do not have the self-control to not gamble. And any slight trigger will send them over the edge. And you can say, well, then just don't watch the content. But it's it's f***ing hard. It's f***ing hard as a gambling addict. And noting that, yeah, people like train wrecks tell their fans not to gamble. But Lugwood says that doesn't make a difference. Well, okay, good job maybe stopping that a little bit. That's nice. But that's not going to stop people. Right, because it's easy for some people to argue that he's not throwing out that disclaimer because he doesn't want people to gamble. But rather, he doesn't want to be attacked if other people start gambling just because they watched his stream. Well, you have large creators like Pokemon saying that Twitch shouldn't allow gambling streams on crypto websites at all. You had Ludwig proposing his own solution. So I, I have a new rule, a new guideline that I think would solve 
gambling online and gambling on Twitch. No sponsored gambling streams. It's a simple rule. And while I know it's probably not gonna be a popular opinion, I I'm more torn on it. I do see the issue with sponsored gambling streams. You give these people a ton of fucking money. They, they're doing these big bets, crazy bets. People are clipping these massive wins even though the person really didn't risk anything. People feel that FOMO, but then they put their real money on the line. That I can see a problem with, but I don't, I don't have a problem with gambling streams in general. If you just make sure everyone's 21 and up. At that point, what makes it different than watching poker on TV? understand. I'm biased. I enjoy gambling. I used to gamble way harder when I was younger and oddly enough had less money. But at that point, I really don't have an issue with it. And I will say my one blind spot is I've really never had like a friend or a family member, at least in front of me, have a gambling problem. So I, I have not seen the destructive nature of that uh, compared to, you know, see someone smoking cigarettes or doing hard drugs or something like that. So that's why with this story, I want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts with gambling and gambling streams? And then, you know, this baby formula shortage is causing mayhem around the country with people desperately searching through empty shelves. The crisis bringing out both the best and worst in humanity. We'll, we'll start with the worst. With things like this interaction between new mothers going viral. You have a full cart. Look at this. Look at all of this. I need Look at the shelves. You don't think I need it for my baby too? Not a child at home to feed and you just cleared the you just cleared the whole say, oh, can you share with me or something like that? Because it's, it's, I saw in here I'm buying. And there's kids who need formula today who won't be able to get it because you just bought it to stock up. That's not your problem, right? And it's not surprising that people are getting this desperate and scared. The shortage is expected to last for weeks or months, and for some, it's the difference between life and death. Like with these two children in Memphis, a toddler and a preschooler who have been hospitalized because they can't get their specialty formula. Formula that they need because they have short bowel syndrome, a condition that prevents them from absorbing full proteins that affects about 25 and 100,000 children. Abbott Nutrition, which set off this whole shortage, previously produced around 80% of the specialty formula. So you have one of the kids getting discharged after about a week, but another who's been there since April still needing treatment. But then we're also seeing seeing some of the best of humanity coming out, like in Dallas, the Southern hospitality on display, with his 51-year-old restaurant owner by the name of Benji doing what at first appears to be the most appalling, morally criminal thing he could do, buying up 56 cases of baby formula from the distributor that normally supplies his business, cleaning out its stock, initially planning to resell it at cost, posting an announcement on the restaurant's Facebook page. But when one of the first customers, a mother, showed up crying, telling him she was so grateful that he ended her frantic search for formula, he changed his mind, giving it to her without charge. And then as he explains, I said, what the heck hell with it, I'm just gonna give it away free. And he did just that, dishing out all 56 cases in less than an hour to hundreds of people like an angel descending from heaven. But Benji didn't stop there because he said, fuck it, why not go from angel to God? So he restocks buying 12 more cases and when those flew off the shelves just as quick, he buys 20 more, giving those away as well. Spending thousands of dollars of his own money on this and explaining the moms, the dads not knowing, are they going to be able to feed their babies? And it makes me sad to think because my kids all eat solid foods now, but man, not knowing if they can eat would be scary. And all of that is why Benji is our BAMF of the day. Also, while we're talking about the best and the worst, let's talk about the politicians. Because amazingly enough, both parties came together to actually do something about it, with the House passing two bills last night. One of them giving the Agriculture Secretary the ability to waive certain limits on the brands and quantities of formula poor mothers can buy using the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program. Also requiring formula manufacturers have contingency plans to deal with recalls in the future. And then the second bill provides an extra $28 million to the FDA to get fraudulent formula products off the shelves and boost inspection staff, as well as the workforce focused on formula. Now the second was easily the more divisive of the two, getting only 12 
12 Republican crossover votes, but the first bill was largely bipartisan with just nine Republicans voting against it. With those who voted against it being <laughs> the names you know and love, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Jewish space laser lady who said the Catholic Church is controlled by Satan, as well as Lauren Boebert, who entered the House as one of its first QAnon candidates, but she's not, wink, wink. Paul Gozar also taking a break from going to white nationalist conference where they chanted his name to vote no. You know, all fine examples of human beings. And of course, both of those bills still need to be passed by the Senate, which looks likely for the first, but uncertain for the second. But then lastly, we have to talk about the White House taking action to alleviate the shortage with Biden invoking the Defense Production Act, which in this case requires wholesale suppliers of formula manufacturers to fulfill those orders first before any other speeding up the production process, as well as authorizing the Defense Department to commandeer commercial aircraft to import formula from overseas, and calling that plan Operation Fly Formula. But ultimately, that is where we are, and, and hopefully these developments can, can help more than the thoughts and prayers that came from the fuck faces that voted no. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is an awesome home delivery service that makes cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or even quicker with their quick and easy options. My family definitely finds this convenient during the work week when life can be a little more hectic than usual. Having pre-portioned ingredients means cooking takes less time and with more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, these meals are delicious. It's honestly a no-brainer. Their delicious recipes feature produce that goes from farm to your front door in under a week, which means their spring menu features the season's freshest flavors. And I always love partnering with sponsors who focus on doing the right thing. And HelloFresh is the first carbon neutral meal kit company and nearly all packaging is recyclable. Compared to grocery shopping, you'll save at least 25% by comparison. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com and use code DeFranco16 for up to 16 free meals and three surprise gifts. That's HelloFresh.com and use code DeFranco16 to get started today. And then let's talk about this huge news out of college football and you don't even need to know about football to care about this. I'll walk you through it. So this story centers around Nick Saban. He's the head coach of Alabama. And if you know any Alabama fans or if you're like me and you married into a family of them, you know that Nick Saban's essentially God to them. In Saban we trust Roll Tide. Saban recently came out shooting shots at other schools, talking about exploitation. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're gonna be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. Right, so the main thing that Saban's talking about here is NIL, name, image, likeness. Because as you might remember, thanks to litigation and then the Supreme Court, college students can actually get paid for their name, image, and likeness now. And while college players cannot be paid by their schools, that doesn't mean anything about boosters. Right, third parties that will pay a college student for their name, image, and likeness. And just maybe they only do that deal if you go to a certain school. Though, as CBS Sports notes, the NCAA Board of Directors issued new NIL guidelines this month with the intent of cracking down on third-party booster collective disguising pay-for-play deals as NIL. And understand, Saban's not alone in the concerns around this. But Saban also arguing that enforcing those rules is going to be near impossible. Now with this story where it gets really juicy are the reactions to Saban. First, as far as Jackson State, the head coach there is actually Deion Sanders. And he tweeted out, you best believe I will address that lie Coach Saban told tomorrow. With him saying that his son sent him the article stating that they paid Travis Hunter a million dollars to play there. And adding, we as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. But easily the biggest reaction to this came from Jimbo Fisher, which, oh my god, if that wasn't a college football coach name, what the fuck is? Jimbo Fisher is the coach of Texas A&M, and even more juicy, he used to be an assistant coach to Saban. And this guy today was not having it. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. 
They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous But when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. You all know, have both spoken so highly of each other in the past in terms of what you all done in your previous relationship. So how disappointing was it to hear that from him, you know, in terms of, you know, a mentor type? To it's disappointing. Well. No, I wasn't. No, listen, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. And here's the thing. I don't know shit about shit when it comes to college sports and how it should be played. But I will say, one, I think I'm for pretty much any way that college players can make money because I just, I really don't like a system where like the NCAA can make over a billion dollars in a year. Coach Saban can get paid over $9 million. And these guys get what, a scholarship for putting their bodies on the line every week? And call me a cynic if you want. I think a lot of the schools out there are already fucking doing half this shit. But the way that Shannon Sharp just talked about it is, you know, you have schools that initially, you know, they get mama microwave and then a refrigerator, and then they build a house around those uh, appliances. And kind of rightly or wrongly, anything that makes Alabama maybe less of a, a behemoth, where most of the talent goes to like a few select schools, I think I'm for it. But also, I understand that that's a flawed mindset because the big schools that you feel like they're being wronged, they'll, wait, they'll figure out a way that they can dominate this system as well. But like I said, I know shit about shit when it comes to college sports. My opinion on this matter does not matter. And so that's why I will pass the question off to you. For those of you that are ignorant to the sport, as well as those who, are, who have heavily invested in it, what are your thoughts here? But ultimately, that is the end of that story and today's show. I might see it tomorrow or Sunday. There's a, there's a lot of kind of variables up in the air. My new studio is now finished. I kind of want to show that to you as soon as possible. Also, that clip with me and Phineas in the morning, um, it's like this kind of, I guess, not secret anymore project where I've just been talking to people I like and respect and asking them questions. So with Finn, we accidentally talked for like half an hour, so that might just be an episode by itself. I don't know. We'll see. But in the meantime, where I'll leave you is thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of the conversation down below. If you want to watch something that maybe won't make you depressed, check out this. But of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you next time.